Thanks for tuning in to Blokes of Wrestling on the Let's Get Ready Network, brother. On this network, we talk about all the things you love, like movies, TV, sports, professional wrestling, and more. If you're interested in supporting the network, you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash LGR Network. And please, leave a rating and review of this episode. Enjoy the show, everyone. Brother, brother. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Drop Kicks here on this Saturday, Halloween Eve, October thirtieth, twenty twenty-one. I'm joined as sometimes I am with my co-host, Mr. Tyler Johnson. How are you doing t- today, Tyler? You're muted. You're muted. Unmute. Unmute yourself. There you go. What's going on? <laughs> this is the digital era. <laughs> and we are joined today by a very special guest who I have had on this show before when we were on stereo, but not yet here on Twitch. Uh, so very uh, honorable pleasure here to introduce Mr. Chris Anthony Lopez. How are you doing today, sir? You are also muted. I'm also muted. There you man, are. <laughs> digital, man. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I'm great, dude. Um, I'm having a decent Saturday. You know, it's Halloween Eve. I'm preparing myself to um, go out safely and enjoy myself later this evening. But you asked me to be on the show to talk some wrestling, and I have to come on a show called The Damn Drop Kicks to right? talk some wrestling, dude. So, of course, I'm going to be here. What's going on, y'all? Absolutely, man. Well, it's an honor to have you, as as always. Um, and I was, we were kind of chatting before we went on the air that, like, uh, we used to do the show on stereo, uh, which has sort of died off. Uh, that we, we've, I think, used it to its fullest potential and is now going to go the way of the dinosaur. Um, but it was usually myself and Tyler on that show. Um, there was one week where Tyler wasn't available. We had Chris fill in. Um, but this is a cool opportunity because you guys get to both do the show. Uh, and you know, doing it here on Twitch and everything makes uh, everything a little bit more easier. So uh, twitch.tv slash LGR Network uh, is where we're at, and you can give us a follow and uh, subscribe if you can, if you haven't yet. Uh, we always appreciate the support. Um, yes, hey, what's going on, Ferris? We are a bunch of idiots. Uh, we, <laughs> we can good, admit. Ferris? <laughs> um, but, yeah, man, so what we like to do here on this show is when we bring on a new guest is kind of talk about um, – their history with pro wrestling, sort of how you got started as a pro wrestling fan, sort of where you got into it, and what you kind of like to watch now. Before we do that, though, I'd, I'd like to just point out that I'm the only one in the Halloween costume right now. Oh, yes, it's Paul Heyman, everybody. We got Paul Heyman. Uh, <laughs> My name's Paul E. Dangerously. Paul E. Dangerously. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's a lot but, of calls uh, in wrestling. Yeah. Now I can put my glasses back on because I can't fucking see a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Word, Sorry, dude. go ahead, Chris. <laughs> no, nah, see, and I, I did a different show earlier. I, I had a little sneak preview of my Halloween costume on, but I, I decided to leave that um, alone for a little bit. But uh, my, my pro wrestling background, it really just, I was really late to the party. I, I picked up pro wrestling super late. I, I remember... The year was, I think it was 2008 or 2009. 
I want to say more so 2009, where I started watching SmackDown every week because I only thought it was SmackDown and that was it. Like SmackDown was like, <laughs> oh, it was uh, at the time it was Chris Jericho and Rey Mysterio. That's the feud I, I credit with uh, my my love for pro wrestling. It was that Chris Jericho that was calling everyone a hypocrite and parasites. And I'm like, this guy is the worst. I hate him. And Rey Mysterio was obviously, or he still is the shit. I, I love Rey still to this day. And uh, watching those guys do what they did and knock the house down every week, the icy title uh, was the was the mid-card belt. I mean, it, it kind of is a, in a way still, but that old oval belt will always be one of my favorites because of that time period and when I started watching wrestling, the the PG era of everything. But I fell out of it again. I watched Impact, like the Bischoff, Hogan Impact, that just or TNA that just wasn't good. Um, <laughs> it was bad. I, it was very bad. There was uh, some I, entertaining stuff in there. It was cool. There was some <laughs> cool stuff. I mean, I watched, I tuned in to Spike every week to my mother's chagrin, but I watched it anyway. And um, obviously the stuff with Raw. But when I when I bowed out, I bowed out again when I got into high school because wrestling's not cool. Wrestling's so it's for the nerds. And then about I think it was twenty. It was oh, it was when the Undertaker streak got broken. Uh, WrestleMania, WrestleMania thirty. That's mm-hmm. I, a buddy of mine told me, and I'm like, what? Like Undertaker lost at WrestleMania? What? And ever since I've I've been I've been hooked, man. I been watching Raw SmackDown all the time. AEW has been uh, the talk of the town for the last few years for for good reason. I I went to AEW Revolution in Chicago. That was the last big live show I attended pre-pandemic. Oh and man, that that Bucks and uh, Omega and Page match. Holy crap. It's probably the best wrestling match I've seen in person in my like yeah. just while I was there for. Um granted I I was also lucky enough to say I went to All In. And I was at the All In show that was pre AEW, and uh, th- that was some great wrestling there too. But I recently was at the United Center for AEW's Rampage. Oh, and, nice! Um, and CM Punk coming back. Oh um, man, that was um, the worst kept secret in wrestling over the past <laughs> decade. And it was it was a moment. It was definitely a moment. I'll say that. What um, was that like, that pop, like, experiencing live? Because, like, me and Tyler were just at the, the New York show. and Which was I mean, nuts, by the way. The crowd for, for Danielson and Omega, I mean, holy shit. But, like, I think mm-hmm. it was probably louder for CM Punk's return. And, and so, like, tell us what that was kind of like to be there for that. So just going into it, that whole day was weird. Because I went with a few buddies of mine. It was, like, five of us, five or six of us. And we were, like arguing with each other like on the way there like is he gonna be there is he gonna show up is he gonna like and if he is how is he gonna do it or how's aw gonna do it is it gonna be to the end is it gonna be at the beginning of the show like what what's gonna be the deal and a buddy of mine nailed it right on the head it's like you gotta start with him because if you start with him like you you pull in the million people that watched rampage and i'm like no you gotta end with it because that's how like the second Punk's off the TV, everyone's going to stop giving a shit. And at the United Center, that's exactly what happened. People stopped caring the second CM Punk um, run away because we all went to go get his merch. But that's a whole different thing. That's a whole different story. Uh, but the pop <laughs> having the static bars before they melt. I have, where is it? Where is it? Um, he got one, ladies and gentlemen. 
Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. a collector's item right there. Yeah, this is um, this is. I, I had to get mine, and I did, and I was, I'm so grateful, and I kept it. I almost, I almost like not. I almost threw it away, and my buddy's like, "Oh no, you should keep it." I'm like, "You can sell that on eBay for like 300 bucks." But yeah, <laughs> apparently, right? Um, but how did it the, taste? Here, it, it was, it was, a, it was cool. It was good. It, it, I wasn't, it wasn't like, oh my god, this is the best ice cream bar I've ever had. But it was, it was, I, I liked it. Uh, I'm not a stickler. I'm not a stickler for ice cream. It's really hard to disappoint. Uh, yeah, but yeah, um, <laughs> right. Especially when I found out he he put up the money for that. He like there yeah. was a ton. There was a lot of them. I saw the the boxes and boxes at the United Center. You spent like but, twenty thousand dollars on that or something ridiculous, which is insane. That's a lot <laughs> for ice cream. Um, but hearing the like having the show start and um, like you you see on the jumbotron like oh big AEW announcement and we're like oh my god like that's immediately told us what was happening. And then you hear the radio static and um, or the TV static, whatever it was, and Cult of Personality starts playing, and the place erupts like it's it's um, it's unlike any anything I've heard. Like we're, we're I I I have a video of of the entrance and um, we're swearing and jumping around and it it's it was it, it was unlike anything I've ever experienced. And he came out and talked for 20 minutes and said, like, I'm here and I'm going to be here every week. And I'm going to see him again in a few weeks uh, at the AEW again in Chicago. So it's um, it, it's good. It was it was nuts. It was an out of body experience. And, and he knew what he was doing. And only only CM Punk could have done something like that. And yeah. at least I think so. For yeah. him being away for so long and coming back the way he did. It's just such a, like a historic moment in the history of you know pro wrestling, really. And it's, it's one of those things where like there's a lot of hype going into it, and then when it's not till you actually see it where it like actually hits you, you know. And that was why you had people like getting emotional. Like I, I could admit, I got emotional when I was watching it because it was just like it all just like came full circle and all just meant that much more when it actually happened. Um, and not so much the CM Punk thing because like. And Tyler can say this, attest to this too. Like, I don't think either of us were like massive CM Punk fans back in the day. Like, I, I appreciated how great he was as a worker, but I wasn't like, oh my God, CM Punk's the greatest thing to ever happen in wrestling. But the fact that it was him debuting in AEW in the fashion that they did, and Tony Khan following through on this sort of promise, even though there wasn't really like, they they teased it for a while, but there wasn't ever really like a confirmation one way or the other. So like when it finally did happen, I think that it was just like this, you know, it was very cathartic. I think in that sense. No, it it, it totally was, and it was like I like I said, I went to the revolution, and I should have got I have a poster from the show. I should have gotten it out, oh, but I, I I saw Mox win the AEW World Title at that show. And seeing his pop was uh, for when he beat Jericho, like that was a whole moment in itself. And that match that you mentioned earlier with uh, Kenny and Hangman and the Bucks, like that, that was a wave of emotion that I haven't felt in wrestling since like Kofi Mania, when that all happened with um, in the WWE. Like I, I credit AEW with 
as much as they're such the smarky, uh, like how like all of us that read the dirt sheets and we look at Meltzer's numbers, like that's that's AEW's for us, while also introducing Darby Allen and MJF to a wider, bigger audience. Yeah, like it's it's fun getting to go to those shows. As much as I like to complain about it, as much as I love to complain about AEW. You, you can put me in front of a crowd and put me at the audience or in the crowd for whatever match. It could be Statlander, Britt Baker. I'm like, yes, I'm in. I'm so game for this. Like, I'm, it, it's, it almost, it still feels fresh after two years. It still feels yeah. fresh, which is crazy as hell to say out loud. It is, but they've, they've really, I think, found a way to always kind of keep it evolving in a direction where it does feel fresh mm-hmm. and bringing in, you know, guys like Danielson and, and CM Punk, I think kind of help bring them to that, maybe that next level. But I always feel like I, ne- I never feel like I'm getting sick of something really in AEW as, as much as I, I would be with, uh, with WWE, which uh, to be fair, I haven't watched any WWE in like over a year or so. Um, it's tough to kind of, I, and I hate to compare and be that like, Oh, you know, uh, AEW is great. WWE sucks, kind of thing. Like I, I, I don't really like to kind of um, talk about it that way. But like, just feels like with AEW, there's constantly something new that they're doing. Like, sure. oh, there's this fresh matchup that we haven't seen, you know, and it's awesome. Like Hikaru Shida and Serena Deeb. Like, how fucking awesome that match was. And you're going like, well, they haven't. They, I mean, they had the one match earlier, you know, just kind of kick off the feud. But it's still like, oh, wait, we haven't seen these two compete, and then it turns out to be a great match. Or like Brian Danielson and Eddie Kingston. Like, that's a match that you wouldn't have seen uh, earlier this year, like prior to him signing with, with AEW. And it's like an awesome fucking match. So I feel like they're constantly just like changing things around and not just having like the same, like Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre for the 14th time, and Bobby Lashley against Goldberg for the 80th time, you know, like. It definitely feels like that there's a difference that could, could be made there. The the I know, I I don't watch as much WWE as much as I would like to. I mean, mainly because I do uh, I do spin from the real when Raw's on TV, so I can't really watch it. And then um, my Friday Lucky nights, you. right, <laughs> <laughs> right. And uh, but I will I will defend the hell out of SmackDown and. Um, I know the new NXT I haven't been the biggest fan of, at least in regards to presentation, but I love the, the stars that they're making. And I may not love their names that they're given. Uh, I'm looking at you, Braun Bake Breaker or whatever. The, like, I'm, yeah. Um, Why don't they just call you. him Steiner? It's so, this it's call so him easy. Steiner! That's <laughs> like, <laughs> who he is! <laughs> right! Um, but that's, that's a whole different can of worms. Yeah. Uh, but and th- and I don't want to make it seem like this will become um, the the shill AEW podcast because AEW is not perfect either. Like I, I I get awfully frustrated sometimes at their booking. You take that and... back. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> like I I don't want the to... internet is yelling at you right now, Chris. <laughs> I, the internet I, hates you. <laughs> I know. Like, trust me. Like. Like all the wrestling shows I've gone to in the last uh, couple of years have been AEW shows or AEW adjacent. Like I, I, I love what they got going on, but I, I'm not a big fan of um, of a lot of the booking there or who they choose to put towards the top. 
And it took me a minute to get accustomed to the win and loss record and how it, and how they still book certain people or how they, and how folks are still losing. Like Bobby Fish, he just showed up. He just signed. He's lost almost every time. <laughs> uh, he has one win, I think, in AEW. Uh, but again, I don't want to uh, harp too much on that because I still, I still love what they have going on. I would know who MJF was or who Hikaru Shida is or uh, Darby Allen or any of these folks, any of the stars they, or Hangman Page. I wouldn't know who these people are if it right. wasn't for AEW. Orange Cassidy. You know, Orange Jungle Cassidy, Boy. He's my, my, my favorite thing of the last decades. Orange yeah. Cassidy. I love him. <laughs> and, like, folks don't get any pisses off the wrestling uh, conservatives. But, I know. I love know, it. Right. Uh, it's Shit. it's great. But also, like, WWE also has their pros. Like, they're building the hell out of Roman Reigns. Finally, it took him a while, but they got there. Um, NXT's introduced, like, Carmelo Hayes hit row, just debuted on SmackDown. Uh, last week, I believe, and like they, they, they have some good stuff. There's some, there's some bright spots in like King Woods and and so yes. Kofi. Like that's that's like the, people shouldn't be so quick to shit on WWE unless you're talking about Charlotte and Becky Lynch. Then, like, like oh, that okay. whole cluster, that yeah. mess. <laughs> well, I I will say I I mean as as much as I complain about WWE and their booking, I, I really do have to put over the fact that that uh, making Xavier Woods the King of the Ring was like probably one of the best decisions they've made uh, this year. Right? That was really really cool and uh, uh, just super awesome. Like well deserved for for Xavier. And like I was reading a, a an article or not an article, someone posted a thing about like the list of accomplishments that the New Day have had all individually, like not even as a group. And it's pretty crazy. Like Big E is now the WWE champion, but he's also had the Intercontinental title and the U.S. title a bunch. Same for Kofi. Uh, now Xavier with King of the Ring. And, of course, they're like 13-time tag champs or whatever, how many stupid brains they want to count now. But, um, yeah, so I I can't, like, totally shit on WWE. Um, they, they definitely have some good stuff, but I just don't – pay attention or really watch it as much anymore but i will say that the whole like charlotte flair thing like we we talked about it a little bit last week and um there there have been like i don't know if i would say updates since then we, we haven't really had a lot of news and usually we'd go through and talk about the wrestling news on this show but it's, has, it's kind of seems like it's been a bit of a lighter week and like charlotte flair is the what everybody's talking about um so there's just like it, it's still pretty much i think the same as, as where we were at. The only thing was like Charlotte tweeted something that kind of confirmed that she was having issues with people backstage. I guess she was on SmackDown. Uh, mm-hmm. There was like yeah. a question of whether or not she was going to actually be on the show. I guess she was on the show last she, night. She um, opened the show. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I mean, we, neither of us watched. So do you want to just give us a quick recap of like what that promo was and, and if they, they even addressed the the controversy that's been going on over the last week. Like, it was real tongue-in-cheek tongue with Charlotte because ever since what happened last week with the, with the failed and incredibly botched title exchange with her and Becky, which is incredibly hard to watch back. Like, if you... Full, it, knowing the context, it's hard to... Like, they're just throwing the belts at each other. They're throwing them around. It's like, that's so disrespectful. And this promo that she had to open the show actually was calling out the locker room, and they're they're still moving forward with Sasha and and, Char- and Charlotte, which I'm assuming Sasha would take the belt off of her as soon as they possibly can. But 
Um, this it was a great segment while also uh, being all tongue in cheek and halfway referring to what's going on, but they also are building up Shotzi Blackheart or now Shotzi in the process. Of course, um, like so- Shotzi has been one of those. She's been incredibly underused. Her and Tegan Knox, like when yeah. they got called up, and uh, they were a tag team. Um, they were Shotzi and Knox, and then they split them up at the draft. Uh, which weren't they the team that got like they won? They beat the tag team champions like four times in non-title matches and never got a title shot. Yep, and uh, and then they split them up. Sorry, and, and Shotzi had a match with Charlotte, like real, like finally like a breakthrough performance that she desperately needed on the main roster. And although she lost, she turned heel afterwards on Sasha Banks. And it was a great way to start the show. Like, and Shotzi, although the SmackDown women's division has like five people in it, they, they, Sasha's never really been healed. She really rides that tweener line. And at least since the Bailey stuff, but Shotzi Blackheart was the real star of SmackDown, at least in my opinion, of the women's division from yesterday. So they didn't, they're not going to acknowledge the Becky Lynch stuff, and they're yeah. probably going to take the belt off of Charlotte soon anyway. But we'll we'll see what happens with Charlotte. I I don't yeah. really buy everything that I I see on Twitter and the dirt sheets. Yeah, I don't know if I buy it all a hundred percent. I think there's some truth there, but some of it's maybe being blown out of proportion a little bit, like is usually the case. Right, right. So I I don't buy all of it, but I I wouldn't be surprised if if you know. Charlotte, she may be knocked down a peg or two, and she's she may not be just the sole focus of the women's division, even though, whether you hate her or not, she should be, because she's pretty damn good at what she does. And I'm glad she wasn't in the Queen of the Ring tournament, because uh, Lord knows uh, she would have wiped the floor with everybody in that damn thing. She is the queen, after all. This her yeah, that's a damn nickname, but <laughs> Zelina Vega's on a Raw now, so it's okay. They, they'll be fine. They have two queens and they're different shows. Okay. So it's it's not nothing too crazy, but SmackDown yesterday wasn't bad. I actually really liked SmackDown from yesterday. From what I hear, it's like the best of the three shows that WWE has to offer right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, I, I'm just like, I don't know how it's all going to pan out, but, like, with Charlotte – from what I, the most like recent things I've been reading, like she is not happy in WWE and people behind the scenes are not happy with her. And again, this is all like speculation. We don't know what's actually going on behind the scene, but you know, that there's still quite a bit left on her contract with WWE, but that like people are trying to get it so that she gets out of that contract somehow. And I, you know, again, I don't know if that's really going to happen. Uh, I would be, surprised if it did but at the same time i mean how many people have we seen be released or or leave wwe and then go to AEW or or go to greener pastures elsewhere so like you know me and tyler talked about this a a bit last week but the idea of maybe ashley flair debuting in AEW at some point and what how would the fans react to that and i think that they could pull it off i think tony khan could pull it off but I don't think I think the big thing that a lot of people are gonna want is not to have her be shoved down her throat. So don't have her debut and immediately win the women's title. You know, uh, they have a ranking system; they got to stick to that. 
We just saw them do this with Brian Danielson, and they did it really well. So maybe they can pull it off with Charlotte Flair, but I know that it would be a very, very divisive uh, signing. But again, Chris, you you said it. She's a really, she's really, really fucking good at what she does, and she would be a massive, massive get for AEW. I think. I don't think they want her. Oh I mean, they man, really don't want her. I think they've kind of avoided people like that have that are problematic and hard to work with. Right. Like, there's a reason they haven't picked up somebody like Tessa Blanchard. Yeah. You know, absolutely. He's hard to work I'd with. I'd rather they sign Tessa Blanchard. Um, well, she's with Wow now, so. Some... Yeah, they brought back Wow, and she's like one of the bigger stars. Yeah, yeah. So she's, I can watch her wrestle, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, <laughs> I, out, of the four, out of the four NXT women's four horsemen, I'm kind of hoping to see Bailey show up in AEW someday. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. She'd be great in AEW. But the crazy thing. Oh, go ahead, Tyler. From what I've heard about, did you hear that new thing about Charlotte where like her, somebody was saying her moveset is holding other people back because she just, she always is so flashy and like she wrestles like a good guy even when she's a bad guy. Yeah, they they were saying some of the stuff that she does when she's a heel, like she does babyface moves as a heel, and that pisses some people off. Well, it does. It's more that they can't get they can't get the audience behind them, right? She's not really be, being heelish. Yeah, and she's doing babyface moves. Yeah, I don't know, Chris. What what are your thoughts on on all this? So, I first of all, I think. Any wrestling company would love Charlotte. Not maybe not the. I wouldn't say the wrestlers in those companies would love it if Charlotte was around. Maybe like, but if I'm Tony Khan or like if I'm if I'm running my own wrestling promotion, you know, I would immediately call Ashley Flair and be like, "Hey, yo, like, like you, if you don't like that situation over there, come over here, you know." Yep. And I, you know, you what? You almost might just do that to keep Andrade happy. That Maybe too. go with her husband, yeah. And her dad might be over there one of these days. Like, so, who who knows? Maybe. AEW, and this is also a big gripe I have with AEW, there's so many damn people there. They sign yeah. everyone. And I know um, we'll probably touch on the ROH stuff in a second, but once all of them are out of ROH, the, the conversation immediately went to, who's going to sign with AEW? Who's going to sign with WWE? And so on and so forth. And if they go and start plucking people from ROH, that just immediately bolsters that roster that's already stacked. There are already people we don't see every week or they have to go to Elevation to see. But there's you can't sign everyone and expect everyone to be on the same level of the, of the playing field. Granted, AEW's women's division, since they started, has been not the best. It took them a minute. I credit the Britt Baker Thunder Rosa match. Yeah. Um, where Britt Baker became a psychopath for half an hour. <laughs> but mm-hmm. like after that, everything had changed and they're killing it now. Britt Baker at the top of the food chain, killing it. Absolutely killing it. But bringing someone like Charlotte, or if you want, if it's Ashley Flair, you know? Probably. Yeah. That would be insane. Like getting the reaction to Ruby Soho. Was was big, right? Imagine 
that being Charlotte or Ashley Flair or even to Tyler's point, someone like Bailey or anybody else that's like at the top of the WWE women's division, they pop on over to AEW. Holy hell. I remember after Oscar? that. Uh, yo, right, oh. right, right. Yeah, what are they doing? Are they Asuka on oh, TV like right now on in WWE? She wasn't even in the draft, I don't think. She's been no, she didn't completely get drafted. vanished. She's totally vanished off the face of the earth. Wow. Apparently she's injured. Um that's that's what people have been saying that she's on that she's been hurt. And then when she's cleared, they'll find a place for her on either show. Probably SmackDown, because Lord knows they need them. But the 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 biggest thing with with Charlotte. Is yeah, she may be problematic, but she's arguably the biggest star in women's wrestling. Like you, like you, yeah, your Britt Bakers, your Oscars, your Sasha Banks, your um, your Hikaru Shidas, your Tessa Blanchards. You know, regardless regardless of their of their locker room antics. You know, Tessa it's Blanchard's the biggest a name. star right now. But there have been bigger female stars who didn't even wrestle. Oh, totally. But, it, like, but that was it, wrestling it, before. It's just, how, it's just how you build them and how you treat them. And sure. You, and, yeah. And in enough time that people can eclipse Charlotte's um, stardom. Star, star power. Yeah. Yeah. Star power. Yeah. It's it's an interesting thing. I mean, it, I, I feel like AEW's women's division could always use like a, another boost, if you would. Uh, they've, they've been doing a lot better job of it for sure recently. Um, but I think that like, yeah, it's, it's definitely could, could be like a massive moment if somebody like a big former WWE star showing up in AEW. So like you were saying about Ruby Soho, um, and, and like, uh, yeah, Car- Carmel here in the chat. A big WWE star. She was like a mid Carter. AEW treats her like a big star. And it's yeah. just that perception is, is everything. Yeah, I mean, I get, I get that too for sure. Uh, Ryan Payne here in the chat wants to see Kyrie Sane and that'd be, that'd be a good one. Hell yeah! What is she doing? Is she just like a, a WWE ambassador in Japan? Is that what? She's yeah, doing? yeah. She like retired from from in ring after like a pretty nasty concussion she got in that match, and they just basically sent her over to be a, a WWE ambassador. Like, I don't know what her contract looks like or anything, but I think that was sort of the end of her story for now. But if Kyrie Sane, oh my God, that'd be that'd be that'd nuts. be amazing. Yeah, that'd be nuts. Like just someone in that in that vein of popping up in AEW. Granted, they have a plethora of great women's talent. Like we saw um, Britt Baker last night, Rampage, and um, oh yeah, know, we'll talk about that match, right? <laughs> um, like they they've been building up like Chris Stat Chris Statlander, even though she gets hurt. I feel like every few months, which is so unfortunate. Uh, Ty Conti will be will be women's champ one day. Anna J, yeah. um, Thunder Rosa, like we mentioned, Ruby Soho, like they do. They they have the talent there more so than WWE, you know. And and WWE has this great pool of women's talent, but there are just some that are at the top that remain at the top. And AEW feels more fluid in who's writing that title line, and. This past half year, really this past year, even through the pandemic, like Hikaru Shida carried that women's division. Oh, yeah. And then when fans came back, it I don't was... think she gets, I don't think Shida gets enough credit for like keeping she that doesn't. division together over the last year. No, no, she does not. And really, 
AEW had a very hard time, especially when they were still running shows, like when they were doing the Atlanta stuff and their crowd was their wrestlers. Like it was AEW's biggest thing was crowd and feeding off of the reactions and the big pops. Like imagine how it would have been if if Matt Hardy debuted in front of a crowd, you know, like if that was the case, like it would have been nuts or at the time, rest in peace, Brody Lee. Like it, it would have been insane. And granted, their debuts are still nuts for all of us watching, but to have the thousands of people there witnessing it live, it it was different. And the women's division took a hit, and they've it's always been a a knock or criticism of AEW. But adding Ruby Soho, properly building up your women's division, now you're doing tags and you're bringing in all these other folks. Jade Cargill is on fire right now, and she will probably win that TBS tournament. And, you know why? Uh, you know why, Tyler? You know the reason for Jade Cargill, uh, what she's going to do. Refresh me, Dagan. Because she's that bitch! <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Jade Cargill's the shit, too. And I, I, rem- I, I like remember her. when she first I, showed up on TV, I, I'm like, who is this? Yeah, I wasn't crazy about her initially, but she's really grown on me. Like, man, and she she looks like an absolute beast. Like, that's mm-hmm. quite, what a physique. I mean, it's just un- unbelievable uh, athleticism there. So, I mean, she's still kind of green, but I think, like, she's really going to be a big star for, for AEW. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing her progression as well. Um, yeah, so, and, and I think this new TBS championship, as, as Ryan kind of points out here, AEW has good young talent in the women's division, but they still need some top-tier women to build the division now with a new championship coming. Yeah, I, as I said, I think that they could – Use any any like additions that they can get, and sort of this whole like Ring of Honor release thing. Uh, their current champion is is somebody by the name of Roxy, who's like nineteen twenty years old. So again, Holy still hell. super green, but like uh, already ROH Women's Champion, and like Brian Alvarez recently was putting her over this like tournament that they just did. Um, so she's somebody, and I guess she was in talks with AEW prior to signing for ROH. So I think there's a really good chance we could see somebody like that come in. So, yeah, any, any of these younger, you know, fresh women's talent that they can bring in, I, I think they can use all the help they can oh. get. <laughs> Rocket say hello. Oh, hello, kitty. We, we, no. have, uh, we have Rocket the cat is making an appearance on this, the first uh, appearance on the show, and uh, the, his brother Groot is should be far behind. Uh, Got to love those names for cats, Rocket and Groot. It's just, you can't get, can't get more perfect than that. But, um. Yeah, so uh, I guess we um, we did brush upon the the Ring of Honor releases on, on Wednesday. Me and Justin sort of oh. talked about it a little bit, but I, I would like to get both of your thoughts on it because I, I sort of said my thing on Wednesday. But uh, Tyler, if you want to start, and then and then Chris, like kind of this whole Ring of Honor release, and, and it's just it's a bummer, I think, for us, you know, true pro wrestling fans that that's like uh, you know a go to for like really good wrestling. So um, yeah, go ahead. Well, I think you just you just you just said the main thing right there. Other than the fact that it really sucks that people are out of a job, you know that's it's a bummer that so many wrestlers are out of a job. But as fans, we can kind of kind of look at like try to look at the bright side and see because like now we're now we can see some wrestlers. It's gonna be really fresh seeing where these Ring of Honor wrestlers go to other places. It was a forbidden door that's um, definitely open because it's not even really existing. 
other than <laughs> what, the final battle. Uh, you were talking about the women. The women, no matter how great wrestlers there are, they don't have the star power. It's just going to be like they could be plucked from Ring of Honor or they could be plucked from Indies. It's the same level of star power. They just don't – no one in their division really has it. Um, maybe like three of them, like I can think of, but that's just because they're ex-WWE Impact wrestlers. Um, yeah. Dan Housen to AEW. That was that was your – Tyler wants that as well, I think. Dan Housen will probably go. <laughs> he was on the Jericho Cruise. He was like the one Ring of mm-hmm. Honor wrestler that was go. on the Jericho Cruise. So Dan Housen is probably going to end up – There's been that. a strong fan push for Dan Housen to be all elite as well. So I wouldn't be surprised. But no. uh, yeah, yeah, Chris, go ahead, man. First of all, I would love like Dan Housen versus Orange Cassidy. That made yes. a bunch of dynamite. I, I don't care what damn what's on the card. You can have Kenny Hangman sub main event. I don't give a shit. Put have Dan Housen, seen, Orange Cassidy. Have you ever seen the video they did where they go to the mall? No, I've not. I re, I'm a, I'm a newer Dan Housen fan. Like I always heard the name, and a buddy of mine, uh, shout out to Jacob. He would he's he put me on to Dan Housen. I'm like, who is this guy? And recently, I'm like, okay, now I know who he is. And I love him uh, with all my heart. And with the Ring of Honor stuff, I would, t- I can totally see Dan Housen at least making appearances on AEW. Because AEW, they're also very keen on wrestlers showing up without actually being signed. And yeah. like that's what uh, Lee Moriarty was doing for a long time. That's what Thunder Rosa was doing for a long time. NWA just let them borrow her. Uh, for big shows and big matches. Yeah. So put Dan Housen on Dark for a little while and see if he's like Yes. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. And I Good think that's point. what'll happen. Like they're gonna you're we're gonna see a lot of ROH guys or gals pop up on Dark Elevation. Um uh, maybe if they're big enough, like a Jay Lethal or something actually pop up on Dynamite proper. Like they had Minoru Suzuki just show yeah. up one day. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, what? And then he wrestled a few times. I love like, that. Like he they, he wrestled Daniel Bryan on on YouTube. They put the match on YouTube, YouTube. <laughs> for free. Like, like what the hell? Like AEW yeah. just There's, does that to flex. It's There's great, man. Story, I, that's a part of what I, it's. Sorry, go ahead, Tyler. And I'll say my. There's thing. a story though that Mick Foley and Jr. tell, where Mick Foley says when he was going to debut as Cactus Jack. Vince McMahon was worried that the Philadelphia crowd wouldn't recognize Cactus Jack. And he was like, <laughs> I'm from, this is ECW country. Like, you're that out of touch with wrestling outside of, he's always been just out of touch with wrestling outside of his own bubble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unless you're so, AJ Styles. Apparently, who knew who, he knew who AJ Styles was. Apparently. I guess so. I mean, he, he, he got a pop. He's skeptical <laughs> about that. He yeah, was he wasn't sure. That I and he debuts in his hometown in the Royal Rumble. Of course he's going to get a massive pop. Come on, Vince. Um, but, yeah, man, I, I, I just, like, was going to say about all that that it, part of what I love about AEW is that, like, it feels like anybody can show up at any time. You know, mm-hmm. if you're not under contract with WWE, uh, and now I guess maybe Impact, uh, there's a good chance that you might, they might just wrestle a couple matches on AEW. You don't even have to sign. Right, yeah, because yeah, Tony Khan's smart enough to know, like that, the audience is smart enough to know who other wrestlers are outside of the AEW bubble. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, he's really smart in that way. And yeah, I'd, I'd be... Yeah, go ahead. No, no, please, please. No, I was just going to quickly respond to Jeremy Miller here saying Jay Lethal, I think, is the most likely, but it depends on how much money Tony offers. Yeah, Jay Lethal is somebody that I'd like to see in AEW, but I do think that Impact might be a more likely destination for him because I know he's had, he has history there. But uh, yeah, go sorry, go ahead, Chris. No, you're good. Um, and to, to uh, piggyback on the Jay Lethal point, that's another thing to bring up in regards to this whole ROH thing. Because they said at the earliest they'll start running shows back in May or April. So sometime in the second quarter of the year. Okay, great. And shout out to Ferris, Black Machismo. I do love me some Black Machismo. Uh, <laughs> but the the loyal, like the loyalty to ROH is something that's always been attached to the promotion. And a lot of these folks, a lot of the guys that we see now on weekly TV came from ROH. And it's a pillar of wrestling of independent wrestling by independent i mean anything not wwe because that was the alternative for a while it was that tna uh new japan if you're really like trying to uh watch new japan matches but roh was has been around for a while and produced a lot of great talent but the the loyalty factor is going to play a big part does someone like jay lethal leave someone like uh like flip gordon roh took a chance on him and he had extreme ties to the elite, but he went to ROH and he hasn't been on AEW since. So what happens with the ROH talent is going to be rough to see or watch after the final battle. And because all those guys aren't Jay Lethal or they aren't household names and they got to essentially restart if ROH doesn't pick back up anytime soon. But I have a feeling that these other companies whether it is an impact who's on the come up impacts, not the butt of the joke anymore, or if it's a uh, AEW new Japan, even um, since they've been running more eight or more uh, USA shows, instead of just doing everything overseas and WWE may play a part into this, who the hell knows, but it just sucks watching a promotion with a, with a awesome reputation have to not run shows because the pandemic did a number on them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really what this boils down to. I mean, people are going to go online and yell about how uh, AEW killed ring of honor and all this nonsense. But I mean, in case you didn't realize we are still in the middle of a global pandemic. So uh, I think that that's really what it attributes to. And as I was saying on like the fuse on Wednesday, I mean, it's like ROH has, I think suffered, maybe the most out, out of any of these companies because they've, they've had to run because of how strict they've been with their bubble and, and quarantining everybody. They have not had the live crowd. So like people have just not been watching ring of honor over the last year and a half because it's been all empty arena shows. And you guys both know how tough those shows can be to consume as a wrestling fan, as we've just, we've kind of been talking about the crowd is so much a part of the, the, the sport or, you know, um, the entertainment of, of professional wrestling. So, um, yeah, I think that that's, that's ultimately what it boils down to, in my opinion. I'll give no, them and- credit for um, paying all their wrestlers that were, weren't even being used yeah, during right. the pandemic. Yeah, right. Joe yeah, Hendry was good on them. still getting Ring of Honor paychecks, sitting in fucking, in, in fucking England doing nothing. Right. He says he's been writing a lot of new songs, though. So that when he finally gets back to wrestle, he's going to have tons of new original entrances. Yeah. Yo. And yeah. I, that, that's another big thing, too. It's like 
not only were the empty arena shows, especially with AEW having fans back, WWE having fans back, and um, Impact even having shows with fans, you know? Like, it's... we When everyone was doing it, it was easy, because that was the only option we had. But since uh, fans are returning to those bigger promotions, it's hard to compete with that. Like, yeah, we have the talent, and you have the rep to do a show, and to still put on pay-per-views in and matches every week. Like that's, that's a testament in its own right, but you can only do that for so long. And now we're finally seeing the announcement. And I remember waking up that day and going through Twitter and seeing the stuff with ROH. I think Dig and I saw your retweet of it. And I'm like, what's he talking about with ROH? Like, it's, like, is it, I thought ROH just disbanded like entirely. And they're just, they were just done. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, yo, know, like, that's a pretty big deal. But, I know. I messaged Tyler right when I saw it, and I was like, "Man, Tyler, that sucks about ROH." You were like, "Wait, what? Like, excuse right. me, what just happened?" And I, it's I had not to the be most like, "Yeah, reported on thing because it's <laughs> ROH." But something happens in WWE, you can't like avoid the news, right? Ring of Honor hires everybody, and like, it's not even like headline news. It's sad, right? And it's it's rough to. Because, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if come April or May, when they start running shows again, we see the wrestling community want to pick back up Ring of Honor. Like, because, you know, like we, as like fans are aware, and I think even these promotions are aware, the Ring of Honor is a, is a great hub for wrestling, you know? And a lot of the guys we see on weekly TV now ran through Ring of Honor, but... Come next year, sometime around April, that forbidden door that we keep mentioning, like I think it's going to get knocked the hell down, at least for a show. I won't be surprised if we see the Bucks and Hangman and Cody and uh, Danielson. CM Punk, maybe. CM Punk, right. Um, uh, you know, uh, Christopher Daniels was another huge part of it. Exactly. You know, you um, know AEW, Ring no, of Honor owns um, AEW's kind of their – kickoff catalyst pay-per-view they own all in all in, so that's something yeah. that tony khan might be interested in because that's going to be sold with their tape library there's the good chance that i heard that ring of honor is selling off their sinclair uh broadcast library apparently ring of honor doesn't own all their library so they don't know right. any I, of the stuff from before 2012 yeah um, and from what i've seen uh it's not for sale at the moment because that was one of the big things people were speculating on but it's interesting that they only have access to certain things so that might be part of why um that is a very interesting thing that I, we're going to have to kind of keep updated on because there's a lot of great wrestling that there's like hours and hours and hours of amazing pro wrestling matches on i that feel like vince day. might might have been more likely to have bought this a year or two ago pre-peacock yeah network yeah, but I don't think he's as worried about providing content for Peacock in the same way. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, well that, that'll kind of be interesting to follow. But it's it's a big story that we've been kind of been covering here uh, on this show as well. Buys the library though, if somebody has to buy it. I hope so too. Yeah. Ryan brings up a great point in the chat, saying how ROH will be like uh, PWG and GCW, like. Paying folks by appearance instead of under contract. Yeah, and it will be. be something It'll be pro wrestling gorilla with thing. a TV show. 
because they, right. they, yeah. cut the, they cut the television deal. That's the thing everybody was really – that's why everyone is kind of like, well, we don't think it's like they, they would have canceled the television deal. He's, they still want to air something, <laughs> whether they're going to be non-contracted yeah. talent. The question is, what are they going to do for, for their champion? They kind of have to find the champion that's not going to just leave for WWE that they can they can use. Yeah, it's it's almost like a warrior wrestling type of situation, right? Like an independent where, you know, they had Trey Miguel as their as their champion, but there was a good chance that he would have signed with WWE, which he ultimately didn't. He went back with Impact so he could still be their champ, but they might run into that kind of issue where you don't you can't guarantee that their champ is going to stick with them if they get a bigger offer elsewhere. So yeah, that's a, some good we'll points see, that man. they're made. Yeah, it's just one of those I think we'll have to wait and see as we get closer to, like, March and April of, of 2022. Um, but, uh, yeah, I did quickly want to talk about this uh, Rampage show from last night. As we, we do on the show, we'll do, do a quick review of that. Um, oh, should man, we talk about Rampage? <laughs> let's talk about Rampage. Uh, <laughs> Brian Danielson is fucking awesome, in case you guys <laughs> weren't aware. Uh and since he's come into AEW, he's had, like, almost every single one of his matches has been, like, a match of the year candidate, I feel like. Uh, Minoru Suzuki, Kenny Omega, Bobby Fish. Um, I know there's a couple I'm missing, but last night he faced off against, oh, Dustin Rhodes. Uh, yeah. Eddie Kingston, though, last night. Man, these two guys put on a hell of a clinic. Uh, just another fantastic match here to kick off Rampage and this was one that had been hyped up since Wednesday for all the people that were able to see it live because obviously they pre-tape Rampage uh, most weeks and so yeah I I again I'm like almost speechless when, when I see matches like this because this, this was just so fucking good and Brian Danielson again winning with a different finisher uh, at the end and um Kingston getting all pissed off and, and not showing him the respect as they showed uh, later on, like moments ago type of type of deal there. But yeah, man, this this was just an, an awesome match. I, I really really loved this match, um, and we'll sort of go around here with our thoughts on it. But uh, yeah, what did you think of this match, Chris? Yo, so I remember long time ago in April where. Roman Reigns wrestled against Edge and Daniel Bryan. And Daniel Bryan was part of that, that, that stacked pin. And like he came back and he went away. And there are all these rumors like, oh, yo, like Daniel Bryan's going to leave WWE. And I'm like, shut up. No, he's not. Yeah. Like, shut up. Like, I don't I was with that, that too. I was like, nah, he'll just resign with WWE. Like, he'll be, he'll, he'll go back and do, 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 do. Yeah, yes, 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 whatever. And then. Now, here we are, the day before Halloween, 2021, and Daniel Bryan is on Dynamite and or Rampage every week. and Or, excuse me, Bryan Danielson is on Dynamite and Rampage every single week. And it's some of the best shit that we've gotten this entire year in, in regards to pro wrestling. When Daniel, when Bryan Danielson and Adam Cole showed up on the same night, and Ruby Soho, lest not forget Ruby Soho. But that changed the entire damn game. The fact that Brian Danielson and Adam Cole showed up and they're putting on killer matches, especially Brian Danielson. You mentioned the the catalog of wrestlers he's wrestled this 
in this past couple months. It's like, like the last year. couple weeks. It's crazy. Right? <laughs> and then Tony Khan had the audacity to be like, oh, I don't want to give people the dream matches all, all at once. Yes, you are. Because every match that Brian Danielson's a part of is a damn dream match. Every single one. Last True. Night, that's, why, that's why he gave Suzuki... Oh. That's why he gave American Dragon versus Suzuki away for free on YouTube because yeah, you know that, another dream that <laughs> yeah, that just because like, he just he just did that like the next yo. thing you got the guy from New Japan to show up will be another dream match right they're gonna yeah. get like oh man Okada's gonna come by or and Ishii like I was thinking right. about that watching that match last night like oh man Danielson versus Ishii can you imagine talk about red chess like Ryan here pointing out how stiff and, and how Danielson's chest was brutal last night. Imagine if he fought Ishii. Come on. Dude. <laughs> and when he, like Eddie Kingston, someone who's been growing on me this, this whole year. Like if yeah. we, like I've done a whole 180 on Eddie Kingston. I didn't mind him to start, but now I'm like, Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm like, yo, Eddie Kingston fucking rules. Like this dude is rad as hell. And Daniel Bryan and Eddie Kingston put on one of my favorite matches. I think, that AEW's had this year. It may not be the best wow. match that Brian's had. Yeah, y'all got to see that that Omega match, and I'm incredibly jealous that y'all were there for that <laughs> for that show. But something else. It's it was like the the finish. Like you you mentioned the finish of like using like the the triangle sleeper and Kingston giving them the finger as he's fading off, bro. Like that is <laughs> incredible. Like insane. That's how you, what a that's finish. How the match ends, and halfway yeah. through the crowd was like, oh yeah, yo. Standing O halfway through on a rampage. It's not a pay per view. <laughs> it's on TNT on a, I, on a ten o'clock on a Friday. Like what the hell? What the hell, dude? Yeah, it, it was like that in in New York. I mean, people literally. It was twenty thousand people on their feet screaming for two minutes while they just stood there and did nothing. And then they locked up and everybody lost their shit. <laughs> And then nobody sat down, like, the entire match. There was, like, a moment there where, like, for a minute people sat down. But then they did something that, like, picked everybody up again. And it was, like, not a single person in that freaking stadium was, was sitting down. Like, unbelievable. And, and yeah, I agree with you, Jeremy. Brian Anderson can have a good match with almost anyone. I would say anyone. You could have yeah, a match with a, with, a, with a freaking broom, and it would be awesome. <laughs> you know, I, we won't I, go I, there, I, but... Yeah. But no, if but seriously, got any ideas? We might have fight a broom, right? On a rampage, and we're, and don't don't act like you're not gonna mark the fuck out watching that shit. Like especially when the broom gets offense, it's gonna be nuts. Like, <laughs> gonna be so but um, Ryan put makes up a great point not, that now we're gonna get Kingston and Punk and uh, talk yes. about killing each other. Like oh I, I my saw, god, I saw this thing on Bleacher Report. It was like. What's the punk gonna do at full gear? And then that happened on, on Rampage, and we're like, oh shit. Like, we're gonna get Eddie Kingston and CM Punk. And yeah, CM Punk's performances haven't been the best. That I mean, but my man stepped away from wrestling for seven years. Give him a damn break, excuse yeah. me. But King Eddie Kingston, dude, he's he's such like this like his match with uh Miro at what was it? Was it all out? Um, that like they yeah. they were beating the shit out of each other, and Eddie Kingston. I feel like every time he has a big time match, it raises his star and brightens his star even more so. 
and a match like this with Brian Danielson does exactly that, you know, and it's so damn good. I love me some red chested, brutal ass wrestling. Maybe like I, I don't do death matches. I'm not a big fan. That's a little too brutal for me. But seeing like Daniel Bryan's chest incredibly red, like how um like that that 50 person rumble WWE did a few years ago where he won yes. and his chest was like you can see his heart through his chest. That's how mutilated it was. But shit like that gets me so damn amped. And Jeremy points out the Walter Cesaro. Um, oh the, yeah, the running. Cesaro versus Walter announced yesterday for the WWE UK tour. So get ready for more stiff wrestling. Yeah, nice. man. I'm hoping. I'm hoping they at least air one of those matches because it looks like it's just house shows where they're doing that match. But man, what a talk about a dream match! That's something that I would like to see. They're doing one like super show because it's like a Raw. The Raw gets a few dates and they have matches. SmackDown gets a few dates. They have matches, but the the show in between is a is a joint show. And I hope they at least tape it. I really hope they at least tape it. Maybe even yeah. release it later or put it on Peacock or something. Because that'd be or have it be like the the one off specials. Just be like, oh, um, it's the it's the brawl in london it's michael cole and whoever the fuck else you know like have them do the whole broadcast but it that's gonna be sick but stiff ass wrestling dude on rampage and i know can get get away with it because it's so damn late on a friday night but damn it it's cool it's so sick yeah man i i love this match and i i'm super hyped for Already, I mean, they just did one angle to set it up so far, but Kingston and CM Punk, like, man, that's going to be something else. Uh, Tyler, do you have any any thoughts on CM? the fact that we're getting CM Punk versus Eddie Kingston at uh, full gear? That match sounds fucking awesome. Yeah, it does. It was awesome. <laughs> I can't um, wait. He's probably going to lose this match, too. I mean, that's why Bobby Fish yeah. – that's why Bobby Fish is – is has so many losses right now to this first few yeah. matches. Again. These older oh, vets, man, all they want to do is put guys over. That's their thing. Like, they got to put those guy, other guys over. I think that that's part of it. Like, you can complain that Bobby Fish has done too many jobs already, kind of thing. But like, I feel like that's what these guys want to do. They want to have go in there. They want to have great yeah. pro wrestling matches, and they want to put the other guy over. So. As long as they look good in the process, and Bobby yeah. Fish has looked good in defeat. Like it's not like Bobby Fish is getting jobbed because he's definitely not. Like yeah. these matches are long, they're brutal. Like even like say like the botch finish with the punk match, like it would put a little bit of a blemish on it. But yo, he still looked good. Both of them look good in that match. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah, then we we after the angle with setting up Kingston and uh, CM Punk, uh, we got a yet another very very good match that I thought on, on this show. Uh, and that was Dante Martin taking on Matt Seidel again for the third time. But it seems like every one of their matches that they've had, they just get better uh, as they go. And this was, I think, the best of the three that they've had. And uh, really, really good stuff in, in this match as well. A lot of, like, high uh, acrobatic, flippy kind of stuff that you would expect. Um, but some also really good, like, ground-based technical wrestling as well. Because, you know, Matt Seidel is just an absolute pro. And, uh, yeah, Ryan here points out, Dante Martin, this kid is going to be a star. I mean, already, he's like 20 years old. What a freaking talent this guy is. I mean, I think 
AW has struck gold a few times now with signing some of these younger guys. But uh, man, yeah, this this was a, a really good thing. And there's also the kind of the storyline with Leo Rush that's been going on, which I'm, I'm guessing will lead to the return of uh, Dante's brother Darius uh, once yeah. he returns from injury. Because I, th- I think uh, uh, Leo Rush like called this team something else, like him and uh, and Dante. So it's like, wait a minute, they're still top flight. And then Leo's trying to do this other thing. So kind of an interesting uh, angle, but uh, I thought this match was, was really, really good. What about you guys? Dante's Dante's performances this year, since his brother was uh, out because of injury, they've it's they stumbled across this guy as, as a star. You know, like he he wasn't supposed to be in this position. His brother had a this crazy ass fluke injury, and then they still booked him. He looked really well, and they're like, oh yeah, let's put let's put him in more matches. And now here we are. In October of 2021, we're like, yo, Dante Morton's going to be the shit going forward. And he's in those conversations of, like, who's the future of AEW? Like, yeah, you got your Hangmans and you got your Allens and your MJFs. But Darby. Dante, yeah. yeah, but you got now Dante Martin and Matt Seidel. He's, like, ever since he was signed, I was always like, ah, oh, like, how, is, how are they going to use him in AEW? Yeah. But... Yo, putting these guys together, they keep putting them together for a reason because you're going to get a good product out of it. And again, I was very pleased with how this match turned out. Hell yeah. I got to see Dante um, when they were taping Dark, or it was Elevation or Dark, one of those. I'm like, this dude's the real deal. I really like Dante Martin. I like him a lot. Yeah. What about you, Tyler? Dante Martin is a star in in the ring. I think he'll be a bigger star when his brother gets back and they become a tag team. The big, the, the only real problem I have with him right now is, is um, he seems green behind the mic. Uh, um, I don't really feel like he sure. doesn't, doesn't quite pop, have a lot of personality backstage yet. And that's also really important, just as important as your wrestling ability. Yeah. Which, and which that's is, what. Not, not, absolutely. His yeah. ring ability. He's kind of got the same problems that Jungle Boy has. Um, Jungle sure. Boy, he's got tons of personality in the ring, but you put a microphone up to him and all that, all that charisma just sucks right up in a vacuum. And, um, yeah. and they'll get over it. I mean, Matt Seidel still is terrible at interviews. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think with the... He never got good at interviews in my opinion. Right. But... <laughs> and, and I think so, with Dante... I mean, had a great with, career. With Dante, uh, you have... Uh, somebody like Leo Rush in there now to do to cut those promos, but like that's just something that I think both him and like somebody like Jungle Boy and like oh god Tony Nice don't even get me started on his promo, but like these guys are just something they can work on, you know like mm-hmm. um and and I think I I'm not like you know too concerned about it like I think I feel like both Jungle Boy and Dante will eventually learn how to cut a great promo, but yeah I mean they're still super young you know and 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 green so it's. Uh, it's just about, I think, giving them time and building them up. You know, we can cut a, a great promo, but, like, for some reason, he's never on the mic, is Bobby Fish. Like, for some reason, he can cut a Low really key. good promo. Totally yeah. do it on the indies in Ring of Honor, but, you know, he was kind of not, never really up front and center on the mic in the Undisputed Era. So, or even Because you had Adam Cole doing it. Yeah, he, yeah he was and doing when it. you have Adam right. Cole, 
You let Adam Cole talk. Exactly. And it's that was the case, especially like once they started splitting up the UE. Like I never I forgot, I'm like, have I heard Kyle O'Reilly talk? And then they they pushed him to the moon uh with all the Adam like Adam Cole put him over and stuff and before he left. But same thing with like uh Roderick Strong. I'm like, have I Roderick heard him Strong speak? too. He's always been very mon, mon- Roderick Strong is always a very monotonous delivery where he's like, I'm gonna beat you because I'm Roderick Strong. Roderick Strong. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Time to hit my backbreaker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's um th- that's the thing you can teach, right? Like um yeah. like you can like the promo is aspect of everything, especially when you got dudes in AEW. Um, like you have there's such a, a learning tree over there as some of the best workers and promo cutters in the business. I mean, shit. Yeah. MJF's 24, 25, whatever the hell, but p- folks can take a, a note or two off of, off of what MJF is doing. Cause he, my man's so good. He became a TikTok trend. Like, <laughs> like, and, and like, that's like, folks are using his, his, that mid promo about Cincinnati without, in even without them even knowing it's a wrestling promo, you know, like it's, 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 it's crazy what they got over there at AEW. The wealth of talent, they just need to spread it out and give people more time. And Dante Martin has more than enough time. Oh to, yeah, to pick this up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, then sort of moving through the show here. Uh, oh man, this this main event was uh, was quite the spectacle. I gotta say. Um, and the, I've been loving these segments with Mark Henry where he sort of introduces the main event and he has each competitor cut a promo and then he go, well, that's enough talking time to get to the ring. But in this scenario, we had Abaddon who just stood there and went or whatever. And, uh, Mark Henry comes back to Mark Henry. He says, well, it looks like Abaddon doesn't have a comment. And then <laughs> Baker cuts her promo. And after Baker cuts her promo, they cut back to the, the wide shot where they're both in there. And Abaddon is just totally gone. And Mark Henry goes, well, Abaddon is gone. So looks like enough talking. Let's get to the <laughs> Oh, man. If you can't love the Mark Henry on Rampage introducing the main event segments, if you can't love those enough, uh, this is one of the of my favorites so far. Uh, just some just some classic stuff here, uh, <laughs> guys. I man, uh, I I was very entertained by this uh, intro uh, to this main event. Um, but the main event itself um, was a no DQ match between Abaddon and Britt Baker. Uh, I don't believe the title was on the line. It was one of those like eliminator eliminator scenarios where if Abaddon won, she would have gotten a um, a title shot later on down the line, like in a rematch, but uh, not the case here, as I figured probably Britt Baker was going to win this match, um, which which was mm-hmm. the case. Um, but Abaddon, you know, scary as all hell, and uh, good stuff here. There's a thumbtack spot that looked absolutely brutal, and, wow. uh, oh, and but even worse than the thumbtack spot was the table not breaking, not once, but twice that fucking table didn't break. Oh, man, that was just brutal. Absolutely brutal. Uh, but really fun match here and definitely a unique match. And uh, I think uh, one that uh, people might not be 
listing as their favorite match or the best match, but it certainly kept in that Halloween spirit for sure. But um, yeah, what about what about you guys, uh, Crystal? You're like hanging your head like me here, thinking back on it. But uh, what what do you got? I cannot believe if you if you'd have told me that Britt Baker would be like the no DQ queen of AEW. It's like like shut shut up, man. She's like, like the female Mick Foley. She is going ballistic, and I am here for it. I re- I remember when um, we were all talking. It's like it's a matter of time before Britt Baker beats Hikaru Shida for the belt, and it's like, oh, we love Hikaru Shida, but it's it's time. And they made us wait for Britt Baker, and I'm glad they did because yeah. she is on fire. And thumbtack spots are like the. They still we they make me like squirm like oh like I can't I can't do thumbtack spots, but when executed well and when it looks pretty freaking gnarly, I I'll wince but I'm like you know what now it's pretty damn cool. It's like the the, the super kick spot that Lucha Bros and the Young Bucks had um, at All Out. Like it's it's crazy as hell to see what Britt Baker's doing on Rampage. Again, this is the one-hour show on Friday nights, and it's some of the most entertaining wrestling that you can see throughout the week. And AEW excels at that. And having Britt Baker main event shows, yeah, that that's a money move right there, especially for the AEW marks like us, you know? Like, oh, Britt Baker's main eventing? All right, I'm game. You don't even have yeah. to tell me anything else. Like, that, it was rad. Not the most memorable, but still pretty gnarly in itself. I've noticed, yeah. I feel like Rampage might kind of become like the home of like AEW's hardcore matches more so than Dynamite. Especially with Dynamite yeah. on a TBS. Kind of like, yes. and, and being on earlier on in the night. Because the later you can get on at night, the more you can get a, away with with the violence. Yeah, something about hardcore violence just just screams like eleven forty five at night kind of thing, right? right. I know less right. people are watching it, so they can probably get away with more. That's what yeah. ECW used to do back in the day. They're like, we're at midnight, so let's fucking swear, put boobs on, put blood on, just do everything that the censors hate. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of stuff after like eleven p.m. Eastern is pretty fair game. So that's just an interesting thing keep in mind but i think that um, was oh. the intention with rampage too was that you're going to see more gnarly shit on rampage than you would on dynamite yeah yeah they start every yeah. Rampage oh, yeah. off with like a really good match there's another yes. match <laughs> that's also good and then then it seems like there's the because that, that's where the, the crazy not, main event yeah not just did the we have that halloween match which i didn't expect it to be so violent i expected it to be violent but I, I, WWE's been doing like a trick or treat match for like I don't know how fucking long, but on mm-hmm. Saturday every year they, I feel like there's some kind of trick or treat. It's always match not good. Right. Jack on the setting. No, but they're fun. But that's kind of they're not I good, but they're fun. Yeah. To be <laughs> so hardcore. Like I thought maybe yeah. like like we're gonna throw her on some. some some jack-o'-lanterns, but no, it was fucking thumbtacks. (laughs) It's a jack-o'-lantern full of thumbtacks. And we're going to have a a table that doesn't break. Yeah. 
That and table spots when the table doesn't break is always so hard to watch because you feel bad for for whoever's in the yeah. net. Yeah, and, well, and, heard, and, and I've heard that debunked though. Um, you guys were talking about the, the the thing where they get hurt by the table. I've heard a lot of other wrestlers say it all hurts. Well, the table it all hurts. Not. <laughs> That's the commentators trying to make it like <laughs> trying, yeah. trying to sell the table spot that didn't break. They're just like, oh, it hurts just as much, guys. Don't worry. It all hurts. It all hurts. But and Jeremy, that's a great point. I was like, yeah, Yeah. when the table doesn't fucking break. About the finish of this match, uh, Ryan Christian saying Abaddon (laughs) found a way to get out of the lockdown. Just bite her fingers. Yeah. (laughs) Real innovative. Yeah. I I wouldn't have thought of that. (laughs) Yeah, and he he got it. There's a story that Road Dog told when all the ECW guys showed up. He walked up to the Dudley boys. He was like, I saw you guys. You guys put people through two tables on your show. Can, can, can you do that to me? I want to go through two tables. So on Monday Night Raw, they put the Road Dog through two tables. And he was like, fucking, fucking Christ. I should have never <laughs> asked to go through two tables. That was the worst fucking thing rough. ever. They do not break your fall at all. What a maniac that road dog is. My goodness. <laughs> but, uh, like, yeah. I, I, that's, that's just how I feel. I feel like everything hurts. It's like the steel, what Jericho it said does. about the steel steps last night. He's like, people ask what the steel steps are made of. They're made of steel. Steel, you geeks. Yeah. <laughs> I hate when people ask that. What, what are the steel steps made of? They're made of steel. <laughs> that's why they're called steel steps. And shout I out to it, Jeremy, Jeremy in the chat, uh, bringing up the the Chucky intro. Having Chucky on Halloween Havoc was also pretty fun. It it, it was good. I liked. Wait, it. he was on. I, I was he was fan. on. He was on on NXT Halloween Havoc. Chucky mm-hmm. made an appearance on NXT Halloween Havoc. On and it was pretty entertaining. People were saying that was like the it? best. Uh, people were saying it's like the best NXT 2.0 show that they've had. Um, that's another one that I've kind of given up on, but uh, I've heard key, like yeah. I've heard good things about that Halloween Havoc show. It seemed, seemed like it was pretty entertaining, was even if there were some nasty looking spots. During, um, did they have him come out during Bo Breaker's segment? Braun Breaker segment? Um, Breaker? I don't know. I didn't. I didn't uh, get a chance to watch Chucky it. Chucky came out versus Rick and Chunk's his dad. Right. Nice oh, segment. he's got some history with Chucky that. Steiner. Let's just call him Steiner, damn it. Yeah. Call him Braun Steiner. Dad has history with, with Chucky. That's funny. I didn't even realize that. But uh, Yo, he, it's a good no, Chucky point. was fun. Chucky was fun on, on NXT. I was a That's fan. cool. Yeah. I gotta watch yeah, the well, Child's Play show. I don't know if it's I, good or not. I like it. Uh, if it's good or yeah. not. No, I'll watch it. Chucky. And anything Chucky is, is worth watching in your mind. I, I like Chucky. Chucky's cool. He will. He, that's a scary doll that will kill you. Uh, and let's let's give a shout out to the original Chucky, which is uh, that episode of the Twilight Zone where they have a talking doll. I think it's Talking Tina, right? That's like oh. the OG Chucky. Have you guys <laughs> ever Twilight? seen that? No, I have not. No. Do do yourself a favor this Halloween, ladies and gentlemen. Go and watch the uh, the Talking Doll episode of the Twilight Zone. It'll scare the fuck out of you. It's man. Nope. I'm good. I'm good. I, I, I appreciate the suggestion, but no, I'm good. Do you remember? I like the, my, the, I like my funny dolls. Do you remember night of the living dummy, the goosebumps book? 
Oh, Christ. Don't even talk about that. That that still gives me the heebie-jeebies. I'd rather watch Child's Play than that damn episode of Goosebumps. Nope. nope. Yeah, Hell absolutely. No. That's, that's for kids. That's for little kids. For children. Like how wrestling is for kids until thumbtacks come out then <laughs> hell not <laughs> AEW for right. the children last question for for both of you guys as we wrap up the show here uh mm-hmm. what is your favorite halloween themed wrestling I, was, I would say match but you could also include like a pay-per-view or a show is there anything that sticks out in in your mind oh this, um this week this week with the elite Dressing up as the Ghostbusters. That's a good one. That's a really good one. Fun one. Can can I cheat? Can I cheat and say Hell in the Cell? Can I cheat and say that? Sure, sure. Um, If I had to pick one, I want, I want Shawn Michaels and the Undertaker. But their first one, I I think it's In Your House '97. I think it's. I think that was. I think that's the show of the year. But I think that's when Kane. Easier question. The Kane debut, yeah. That's that might be an easier question to to ask here. What is your favorite you know, Hell in a Cell match? Um, you, you, you know, you talk you talk about mankind and Undertaker and their Hell in a Cell match, but for Halloween, that's mine. for the sake of favorite. Halloween, for the sake of it being Halloween, let's talk about the Boiler Room Brawl. <laughs> yes, there we go. That's, that's the correct answer. Hell in a Cell match. We've been talking about it for twenty years. Let's talk about Boiler Room Brawl. That's Boiler the Room answer. Brawl, yes. We have no, a winner, no. ladies and gentlemen. Boiler um, Room Brawl. That's here it. On the that's it. I can see. What a way to end Paul, it, When Paul Bearer <laughs> turned on The Undertaker and he gave the urn to Mick Foley instead. Ah! What the fuck? Talk about biggest WTF moments in the history of pro wrestling. There's there's one Hell right yeah. there. Um, but, yeah, thanks, everybody, for tuning into the show today. I know we, we went a little bit longer than we normally would, but uh, I think it's all worth it. We had some really good conversations today. Uh, thanks to Tyler for, for joining us, at, as always. Chris Anthony Lopez over there from uh, Spin from the Real, Wrestle Real, all that good stuff. Uh, got anything you want to plug or any of the social medias where people can find you? Oh, I mean, the easy answer, just follow me at C. There it is. C. Anthony Lopez. Uh, I share everything I do, uh, or you can catch me on Watt, W-A-T, Real, 2E's Entertainment. Uh, I'll be on Monday talking some movie trivia uh, with my boy Matt. So just follow me on Twitter. You'll get all the fun stuff on there. Nice. You guys are going to have a lot to talk about this week. I don't think anybody expected that uh, result in that teams match. That was fucking Hell crazy. Hell no. What Hell the no. fuck? How does, how, how does that happen? But, it's, hey, this brings up the other question of, like, Shazam, the greatest team of all time. I think that it's, it's close. This is I a different show. On, but yeah. I said it on Jay Wade's <laughs> show earlier, but, yep. I, it's Spin for the Real Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. And myself and Corey Cameron here tomorrow, Halloween special, 2.30 Pacific, 5.30 Eastern. We will be taking your prank, I mean, your phone calls. So you can call into the show. We'll have the number. We'll get it all set up. It's going to be a lot of fun. So you're not going to want to miss that one. Uh, any given Day. We will take your prank calls on any given Day tomorrow here on this Twitch channel. Twitch.tv slash LGR Network. Uh, make sure if you haven't followed us to do that. 
And if you're watching this on the replay on YouTube, make sure to hit the like button and share and subscribe over there as well to for all things Let's Get Ready Network. And until next time, we will be back next week with Soda. He's coming back, and he's going to be talking some pro wrestling with us again here. Um, so that'll be a lot of fun. And uh, thanks again to Chris for coming on the show today and to Tyler. And we'll call, we'll catch you all next time.